0: You know, moving through life, we learn that there are different versions of annoying people. There's the know-it-all who's always right, hates to be corrected, and wants you to know that they know way more than you know. They don't work well on a team, and when things fall apart, well, it's always someone else's fault. Then there's the interrupter. Who doesn't let you get a word in edgewise, either because they're not listening or listening just closely enough to jump into the conversation the moment you take a breath. And then there's the whiner, whose favorite phrase is some version of life is so unfair. And because complaining is their superpower, they'll do it for hours, but never offer any positive solution. Our Lenten series that we're calling Reframe is designed to help us reframe our view of the world in a way that creates life and more life. Traditionally, this reframing process has been called repentance. Jesus had a lot to say about that. He was continually challenging his followers to rethink or reframe their lives, to go in a new direction by renewing their minds, literally exchanging their minds with the mind of the Spirit. That's what repentance is, reframing everything in a healthy new direction. Nowhere is this clearer than in the Sermon on the Mount, so much so that we could probably call the Sermon on the Mount the Great Reframing. In Matthew chapters 5 through 7, Jesus challenges his followers to reframe their understanding of God, themselves and others. At least a half dozen times, Jesus reminded his followers of the conventional framing when he told them, you've heard it said, you shall not do this, that, or those other things. The challenge to reframe comes in the next breath when Jesus said, but I say to you, Jesus wanted them to go in an entirely new direction. Jesus had a strategy for helping people to do just that. He asked questions, lots of questions, 307 questions to be exact. Probing questions can evoke deeper thinking and challenge us to come to new conclusions. In other words, Jesus' questions invite us to reframe everything. In the last of several questions in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus posed a question at the center of what we're thinking about today. You have heard that it was said, You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be children of your Father in heaven. For he makes his Son rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the righteous and on the unrighteous. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers and sisters, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. All right, just to be sure that we've heard it right. Love the haters, bless those who curse you, return unkindness with kindness, and when someone gives you a hard time, take a moment and pray for them. (laughs) Wow, talk about reframing difficult people. So how should we understand this? Well, let me unpack it just a bit. If we were to reframe Jesus' words for our 21st century context, We might hear Jesus say something like like this. You've heard it said, when someone cuts you off in traffic, speed up and ride their bumper. Let them know how much they've annoyed you. But I say, take a deep breath, back away, and let them go on their way. Or this. You've heard it said, when the cashier gives you too much change back from your purchase, take the money and run. But I say to you, instead of taking the money and running, take a moment to pause and consider why they might be distracted. It might be because they're working two jobs to support their family and one of their kids is home sick with the flu. Or this, you've heard it said, when someone does something annoying to you, dish it right back at them. But I say to you, stop dwelling on what they did or said to you and spend that same energy reflecting on why they annoy you. The work of reframing is hard work, friends, mostly because it's about dying, about the death of things that don't bring life, and reframing how we think about those things. I have to do this in my life all the time. So let me suggest a couple of things that have been helpful to me. First of all, when dealing with difficult people, it's important to start here. Reframing begins with us. There's a good chance that the people on our list of difficult people have a list of difficult people as well, and there's an equally good chance that we're on their list. The truth is, I think we can agree, everybody is on everybody's list because we're all difficult people. We don't get to reframe anyone else's life or decide who is and who is not on their list because that never goes well. The rethinking that we're called to do begins with each of us asking ourselves what we can do to move toward healing and experience more compassion and bring more life to every relationship. In the recovery community, Alcoholics Anonymous and Al-Anon for Families, this is known as keeping your side of the street clean. The wisdom in this is simple, rather than focus on what others need to do or how others need to change to make something work, you reframe it. You shift the focus away from others to what you can change and improve in your own life. By focusing on yourself, including your behaviors and responses to things, you can influence a situation. In most instances, refocusing on what another person needs to do will get you nowhere since you can't control another person. So try this. The next time you find yourself in a difficult situation with a friend, a spouse, sibling, or other relationship, reframe or shift your focus away from what you want the other person to do. Instead, focus on what you might be able to do differently. Are you able to change your response? Can you reframe your perspective? If so, you may find that the other individual will respond to you differently based on your changes. When we do this kind of reframing, we come to grips with the reality that we really don't like the know-it-all because we often feel insecure about what we don't know. We don't like the... interrupter because we think what we have to say is way more important and we may not like the whiner because we don't feel as free to complain about things in our lives reframing begins with us second difficult people are created and loved by God so let me ask you something I want you to bring to mind someone you find a wee bit on the prickly side Imagine them standing on an elementary school playground, maybe the monkey bars or the swings, doesn't matter. Now, imagine them standing there, but standing right next to them is Jesus. And Jesus has his hand or their, his arm around their shoulder, and he's comforting them because they are, just like you and me, hurting. They're broken by the world around them. It's not an easy image to hold on to, but it creates some common ground when we do that. And when we stand on common ground together, the view changes. We learn on the first page of the book of Genesis that God created humankind in God's image. That means that every person we encounter is created in the image of God, every person. Our family members, our barista, our, our coworkers, our bosses, and our daughters and sons-in-law, all created in the image of God. The guy who cut us off in traffic two days ago that we're still thinking about, the woman arguing about a 20-cent coupon in the checkout line right along with the frustrated cashier, all of them are created in the image of God. Everyone is carrying the breath of God in them despite how they act and what they do. Each person has unique strengths and purposes and potential that that were placed in them by God. If you're a parent or a grandparent, at some point you've looked into the face of your son or granddaughter and and you were just blown away with love. You've been amazed by their uniqueness. God created every person with love and care When that becomes the lens through which we look at others, a kind of love begins to grow. When we encounter difficult people from that perspective, that they too are created and loved by God and are dealing with their own versions of brokenness by our world, our perspective begins to change. We see them not so much as someone to put up with and endure or manage, but as someone who bears the image of God's love and goodness. And when we do that, things begin to shift a little bit. Compassion begins to settle in, and love begins to grow. I imagine the scene of the Sermon on the Mount and Jesus is looking out over this vast crowd of people and has so much compassion in his heart for them. In the language of the Bible, they are like sheep without a shepherd. They're alone, they're afraid, they're lost, confused and hurt. And who of us hasn't felt that way? Hasn't experienced some version of that narrative? Well, something happens in us when we reframe others and begin to see difficult people through the eyes of Jesus. Something in us begins to change. And when we're honest about our hurt and vulnerabilities, we begin to identify with those around us who are hurting and in need of rescue. God calls us to have compassion for them. And when we start with compassion, that allows us to reframe challenging relationships. The good news here is that even difficult people are created in the image of God and loved extravagantly by God. God knows us completely. Every flaw, every fear, every sketchy behavior and loves us fully and completely. God's love for us is, is vast and without hesitation or condition. In the same way, we get to love others as God loves us without hesitation or condition. We get to make that our life's work, loving others, especially difficult people, those we don't agree with and people who don't seem to care. But you might be wondering, how does that work? How do we do that? Well, it only works with the Spirit's help. So how do we how do we make all this practical? First of all, let's try this. Spend a few quiet moments reflecting on a short list of people who tend to make life challenging for you. You might even want to write their names on a piece of paper, adding just a a word or two to remind you of what's so challenging. Then as you look at that, that list, ask yourself if there's any way possible that that they're doing the same exercise and your name could be on their list is it possible that the things that they do that bother you might actually be bothering them too Well, finally then pray for them give thanks to God that they too are created by God acknowledge that God is at work in their lives And then spend some moments praying about this. Pray that God would soften your heart toward them. Ask God to open a space in your heart to be open to them. Ask God to help you find just one thing that you could love about them. By doing that, you know what? We'll discover a great reframing in our lives. A reframing of all that God is up to. Let's pray. Gracious God, we we thank you that you are the great reframer and that you're helping us do that as well. We pray that you would help us to to reframe the relationships that are difficult in our lives by, by considering how we might be difficult in the lives of others. We pray that you would be about rearranging, renewing, restoring, reframing all of these relationships with your love through us. It's in the strong name of Christ that we pray and all God's people said, Amen.